And so inside the ticket, that's one of the things it asks for is what is the deadline for this task to be done? And and you have to fill that out. So I <gasps> always give them something. It just hit me. What's that? Married couples and couples in relationships need a ticketing system. <laughs> it probably wouldn't be a bad idea. Really? <laughs> You're listening to the Nacho Kids Podcast, where we discuss all things step family related. Real stories, real people, real help. Your hosts are the creators of the Nacho Kids Method and the Nacho Kids Academy Step Family Coaching Team, Lori and David Sims. Welcome to episode 244 of the Nacho Kids Podcast. Well, let's have a conversation there, darling. Uh oh. What you want to talk about? <laughs> uh let's talk about um let's talk about something that you and I have discovered about how we communicate differently. Because I think it would benefit others. Okay. So tell everybody about what we discovered about when you ask me to do something versus when I ask you to do something. Oh, okay. Well, when I ask you to do something, I mean right now. I don't say right now, but that's what I mean. So, for instance, if I'm cooking and the trash needs to be emptied because I'm throwing crap in there and it's full, I'll say, hey, David, can you empty the trash? And you say, yeah. Yeah, by the end of the day, I'll get to it. But then you don't do nothing. (laughs) And so 30 seconds later, I'm like, screw it. I'll do it myself. So that makes me a little unhappy, we'll say. It makes me unhappy, too. It makes me annoyed. Because I'm like, well, why did you ask me to do it if you're just going to do it? Now, this is this is before we've come to a lot of realization about expectations and what, what you aren't saying that you really mean. Right. So anyway, having said that, we've, we, we're past that, so I'm helping everybody else out. Yeah. <laughs> so... When David says something, like, we need to clean the windows outside, which David has never said. So let me find something else. (laughs) (laughs) But we'll just say that, okay? Okay. David will say, we need to clean the windows outside. And I'll say, well, I can't right now. He's like, I didn't mean right now. So I have this thought process of, when I ask someone to do something, I mean right now. Which also means, though, is you don't ask for anything until you want it right now. Right. Well, if I'm moving the couch, I don't know. I don't plan on moving the couch. I just start cleaning. <laughs> and it's like, hey, will you help me move the couch? And then you don't. And so I move it myself. Because women can be very resourceful. We may not be as strong as men, but God gave us hips. I can move anything with my hips and my legs. I think, I think the difference is like when I obviously when I say something, I don't mean right now, right? Because I'm usually prioritizing things, and so when something comes up, it's like let's put this on a list. It's kind of my thought process, right? So hey, we need to we need to clean out the go, garage. We need, yeah, we need to clean out the garage. We need to go to town. We need to go check the mail. Whatever it is, it's not, none of that means drop what you're doing and do it right now. It's all like, this This is what we need to get done. 
today or this week even. And so there's a big difference because I can say, and here's the other thing I noticed too, Uh is that when I come up with, we need to do this, this, and this, and this, Lori's like, oh my God, I'm overwhelmed because she's looking at it going, all these things need to be done right now. Mm-hmm. Whereas I'm looking at it going, no, these things just need to be done this week. Like, what are you stressing out over? Or by the end of the day or whatever it happens to be. So I've had to really adjust how I communicate with you. And I've had to adjust how I understand that you're communicating with me. Right. So this is interesting because I was talking to Branson, the oldest triplet the other day. And his girlfriend, they just recently had a baby. And she said, she had told me like the first two days how great Branson was doing, changing the diapers and just helping out. And she said, but the other day I asked him to go do something and he just sat there. (laughs) And she said, he said, yeah, but he just sat there. And she said, so I did it myself. I said, that's because you didn't say right now. She said, but I meant right now. I said, exactly. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if the majority of women are that way. But women don't like to ask for help, number one. Then when we ask for help and it's not given properly, we're like, why even bother asking? Well, I think. I think it boils down to, I think it's a lack of communication. There's, there's assumptions happening, right? Like you assume the person understands you want it right now because you didn't communicate that. It's just like, I assume that when I ask you to do something, that it'll be, you know, by the end of the day or end of the week or whatever it is because I didn't communicate that. Well, a lot of it's observation, if, well, yeah, and it can be. Now, if you're sitting there trying to move the couch, you have your hands on the couch, and you're like, can you help me? That's obvious you <laughs> want it right now. I'm not Is talking it, about, though, David? Is it? I'm not talking about that. <laughs> you, now, you have to admit that rarely happens where you're in the middle of something, and you'll say, can you help me? And I'm like, yeah, I'll get to it later while you're trying to pick the couch up. Mm-hmm. That tends to not happen. I will say, I do think that phones are part of the issue. Because if I ask David to do something while he's on his phone and he remains on his phone, I'm thinking, what the crap? Put your phone down and help me. (laughs) Yeah, and the bigger challenge between both of us is that we both work from our phones. And so it is impossible to tell when we're working from our phone or when we're not working from our phone. Right. Because are, you, are we goofing been, off or not? Right. There's been a number of times when you've, you asked me to do something, you're talking or whatever, and I'm sitting there like fighting fires with messaging people back and forth about something that's very crucial. So mm-hmm. I, and I have to go, you've got to give me, you got to give me a few minutes. I'm, I'm doing something right now. And I'll usually say something like, I'm fighting fires or, Something's going on, and I need to attend to this. Right. Which is important. That way, I don't think you're just screwing around. Yeah. 
but I don't get mad. And that's the key. Like, I don't get mad. Like, my God, would you please give me a minute? I'm doing something. Right. Because you don't know that. Right. It, it is not fair for me to be mad at you because you don't know something I've not communicated. Right. So when talking to Branson's girlfriend and Branson, we realized they had the same problem. <laughs> well, I think we've realized a number of people have that. Yes. When we do when we do coaching, we see this quite frequently. And it's not necessarily exactly that scenario, but we just see there's a big breakdown between what somebody says and what somebody hears and also the expectations that follow things that never get communicated. Right. Now, I'm going to tell you something. I came to a realization of where that comes from with me. Okay. When my mom, she I don't think she asked us to do anything, told us to do something, she meant right then. You drop what you're doing and do as you're told. Mm-hmm. So I think that's why I have that mentality of when I ask you to do something, I mean right then, because that's how I was raised. It didn't matter what you were doing. If she told you to do something, you stopped what you were doing and did what she told you. (laughs) Now, granted, I'm not telling you to help me. I'm asking for help, and I'm not your mother. I understand that. But I think that might be where subconsciously this right now crap comes from. Mm Mm-hmm. Very well could be. All right. So now we know that if you mean right now, you need to express that. Mm -hmm. David, I'm not going to say right now. We've been together long enough. You know I mean right now. Yeah, I I default to when you say something you mean right now. And if I can't do it right now, then I have to respond to that to say, do you need it right now, or can this wait a few minutes? Can I do it later on? Whatever the case might be. Yes, and even you kick into a smart elegance about it. We'll be riding in the car, and I'll say, <laughs> we need to move the dog cage to the garage, and you're like, I can't right now. <laughs> yes, I do that. Yes, because you're a button pusher. <laughs> but, you, you know, the whole not communicating Certain things, though, it, it goes beyond relationships in in that I had a conversation recently with somebody and she said, I am not really happy with my bookkeeper and my accountant. And I'm like, really, what's what's the problem? And she said, I really feel like that they should be spending more time with me and giving me strategic things I should be doing in my business in order to get get better right off on my taxes and such and things like that. And I'm like, okay, that's that's a reasonable expectation, but have you asked them or communicated to them that's your expectation? And she's like, no. <laughs> and, and she's like, okay, I see I'm the problem. I'm like, well, uh, yeah, good job. <laughs> yeah. Well, and it also, I'm thinking as we're talking, when I was working for corporate America, my boss would ask me for something. She never had to say when she needed it because she knew I'd get on it right then. Mm-hmm. Usually within 10 minutes of her asking me for something, she had it. And we were talking about it one day, and she said, you are so prompt to my request for something I need 
that if somebody else takes 30 minutes, it makes me mad. <laughs> you changed her expectations of others. Right. And I told her, I said, well, if I see a message from you, you being my boss, if I'm not already doing something for you, then I would immediately stop what I'm doing and do what you needed and then go back to what I was working on. And she said, so if I don't need it right then, I need to tell you, I need this by Friday. I said, yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, I do that with my employees. Every task I give them, I give them an expected time frame. Okay. And in fact, most of the time when I hand over tasks, it's not just me telling them or sending them an email. We actually have a what we call a ticketing system, which is kind of like a task system, if you want to call it that, if you're not familiar with what that is. And so inside the ticket, that's one of the things it asks for is what is the deadline for this task to be done? And and you have to fill that out. So I <gasps> always give them something. It just hit me. What's that? Married couples and couples in relationships need a ticketing system. <laughs> it probably wouldn't be a bad idea. Really? <laughs> because I've already told you things that I want to do when it warms up. Yep. So I could create a ticket and say, hey, this needs to be done by end of May before it gets hotter than 17 cents here. <gasps> I, want a yeah. t- I want a ticketing system, David. Well, you can do the same thing with most to-do lists uh, online now. Oh, no. But, I want a ticketing system so I can track it. Well, you can do that. Like you can, I can go to either my Google to-do list or my Microsoft to-do list, and there are plenty of other ones out there. But I can create a to-do thing and then put a due date on that task. So you can already do that with tools that are out there. But it's I can share it a, with you? Yeah. Yeah, okay. absolutely. You can assign people and all that. I mean, it's very similar to a rudimentary ticketing system but because I, you can do stuff like that. I would just have to make sure you couldn't delete what I put on there. <laughs> yeah, I guess yeah. so. But there's, I mean, certainly ways to do all that kind of stuff. You know, find out what works for you. But yeah, you can do certainly do things like that where you, you know, you have a family task list. You know, we always talk about family calendars. You can have a family task list. These are the things we want to get done, whether it's this week, this month, this year, whatever. And that way you can communicate about them, keep them on track, and do whatever you want to with it. And kind of organize it, really. Yeah. Okay. So let's move on from the right now thing. And let's talk about some other things. About how what you say is not what I hear. Mm-hmm. Now, this goes vice versa. There are things that I say that you don't hear what I said. And we can even go further. I can make a post in my Facebook group (laughs) saying, for example, don't let divorce be part of your vocabulary. If you have mentally found a way out, you're not all in. Right? Right. Somehow, people hear slash read that I am saying you need to stay in an abusive relationship. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's it's almost it's almost like the right now thing. Like because you didn't communicate every aspect around your comment, mm-hmm. 
that people run wild with whatever lens they want to see that through or read it through. Well, and I could understand if it was in a different environment, but it is in the nacho group. Right. It's, it's like, take it in the context it was meant. Right. Don't read what I'm not saying. Exactly. A lot of times you will say things <laughs> and I'll say, you said blah, blah, blah. You're like, I did not say that. And it happens with Jackson too. <laughs> yeah. For instance, <laughs> last night you and I had put up a table in the kitchen. Or not a table, but a shelving thing. Well, it matched the other shelving thing that we have. And Jackson said, why'd you get them to match? And I said, you don't like that they match? And he said, I didn't say that. <laughs> At which point I laughed hysterically. <laughs> and I'm thinking, but you did say that. You asked why I got them matching ones. And it may be, too, that I'm not a matchy person. I don't like matches of stuff. But we had tried putting something in there that didn't match, and it looked horrible. So that's why I got a matchy one. We're going to call them matchy ones. And Jackson's just looking at me like I'm stupid. And he's like, I did not say that. I said, but the way you said it made it come across that you didn't like that they matched. And he's like, I did not say that. <laughs> I did not mean that. So a lot of times it has to do with how things are worded. Now, here's another example with David. And yes, David is still alive after saying this. <laughs> and he knows what I'm going to say because I brought it up during a Q&A call the other day. We <laughs> had to go get David a suit because he wants to dress in something beside pajama pants. And <laughs> I don't want to dress in something beside pajama pants. The fitting room was way in the middle of the store, completely, you know, a hillbilly mile from where we were. Yep. So we had to walk by the women's section, girl section, whatever. And there was this cute, pink, furry-looking coat, and it looked soft. So I had to touch it, and I touched it, and it was really, really soft. <laughs> and it was 60% off. And which I was made like, it softer. Which made it softer. <laughs> and I loved it. Now, I am not a petite person. I have broad shoulders. I probably should have played football. <laughs> you don't look like a football <laughs> Come on. And some things I do. Shoulder pads was not my error for sure. So anyway, I put it on, and it just feels like a little pink heaven. Yeah. Now, granted, it's... It's a big code, so it's even big on you. Right. Okay. So because as you throw me under the bus here in a few minutes, I want to make sure people understand that, that it's even big on you. Right. Like, okay, now. I like coats that are big because if you're wearing a sweater, you don't want to be all cramped up. I like to be able to move freely. And I right. also like my coats to where if I stick my hands in the pockets, I can cross my hands. Okay, so y'all keep all that in mind now. Okay. Go ahead, go ahead and get to the part. If that makes sense. If that makes <laughs> sense about the, the crossing over part. I don't like it where it just meets in the middle barely. <laughs> so I made the comment that Jackson's girlfriend really likes pink. 
I said, I would have gotten her one if I would have seen an extra, extra small one because <laughs> she's really tiny. And in fact, the one that I got was the last one. I didn't see anything else like it. And I said, oh, she can just gain weight and she can borrow mine. Just joking. And David said, she'd have to gain 80 pounds. <laughs> Y'all, I'm not thin. I understand that. Being married was- to da- I, I, Let me finish. <laughs> Being married to David and age and whatever else we want to blame it on has packed on a few pounds. We say it's from my mama dying, going to heaven, saying put some meat on that youngin' because she always said I was too skinny. Plus the whole coconut cake I ate when she died that my aunt made. But I'm like, okay, I know Kennedy is very thin, but 80 pounds? Come on. That was that was not a comment about you. It was a comment about her. And oh, you oh, whoa, whoa, took whoa. it. And you took it to mean it was something about you. Because you were comparing for her to be able to fit into the coat that I fit into. The oversized coat. It ain't that much oversized. For her, yes. Well, yeah. Okay. She's like, she needs to gain some weight. (laughs) Anyway. I don't think, I don't think, I don't honestly don't think the reality is that far off. But okay. you took, okay. but you took that to mean something different. But anyway. I, I took it how I took it, right? <laughs> you did. <laughs> so during the Q&A call that we had the other night, <laughs> I was telling somebody about this. And when I told the, this couple this, the man and the woman, both of their mouths dropped open. It's it's how you tell the story, though. Oh, and then the guy said, wow, David, I'm smarter than that. <laughs> Which is scary, considering who it came from. <laughs> and if you're listening to this, we love you. You know who you are. <laughs> <laughs> There's other instances I could bring up. Like, Claudette Chenevere was talking about self-care. <laughs> now you have to you have to realize that there are times when it is a button pushing comment. So it has some intentions of getting a reaction. But okay, hang on. So Claudette was talking about self-care and she said, "Lori, how do you think you do with self-care on a scale of 1 to 10?" I'm like, "I think I'm a 9." If I feel like I need a nap, I take a nap. If I feel like I need to take a break, I take a break. If I feel like I want to paint because I'm stressed out, I'll paint my greenest ceramics. And when I said that, when I said I feel like I'm a nine, David busted out laughing. Like, rocked the room laughing (laughs) and said, have you stepped on the scale lately? (laughs) I did say that. You did. And I understand that you are a button pusher. And y'all don't hate on David for him being a button pusher and saying these things about me. All right. So a little context around that, which oh, is the reason why I found it so funny. Okay. Watch yourself dig, dig, dig. Was that you and I just the day before had a very in-depth conversation about how we're not taking very good care of ourselves. 
and how we have a very sedimentary lifestyle since COVID. And we need to get up and we need to move more often. And we need to start walking the dark. We had all this stuff going on about how we are not taking good care of ourselves. <laughs> and so when she's like, Lori, how well are you taking care of yourself? You're like, a nine. And I was like, what? <laughs> a nine? We just spent an hour the day before talking about how terrible <laughs> we do it is. What but planet I'm, are you on? <laughs> but I'm thinking self-care as far as mental. Oh, okay. And I said that. <laughs> so that's why I was laughing so hard because it was like, what in the world is she talking about? We just talked about how terrible our self-care is around these things. <laughs> like, did you forget that entire conversation? Yeah, but then you annoyed me so bad that when Claudette said that hers was a nine, I busted out laughing at her. And then I felt horrible. <laughs> I'm like, I did not mean that. I did not mean that. I'm sorry. <laughs> See? Your button pushing slash hatefulness was rubbing off. It was not being hateful to a degree. To it a was degree. more it was more like shock. Like, what? Like, let me let me get you back into reality here. <laughs> well, we talked about this again last night with Jackson. <laughs> and you said, I can tell your mom that shirt is a little snug on you. And what did you say that I would say that you said? That you're gaining weight. Yep. That I'm fat. All right, well, well, what I specific, uh, <laughs> what I specifically said was, if you put your shirt in the laundry and it shrunk, and I would say that shirt is tight on you, that you would immediately go to you telling me I gain weight instead of saying well the shirt shrunk in the laundry. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, you should know this, David. Uh, I know. Did you it's not just, get the handbook? No, I did not. There is no handbook. There is. No, it's not. There is. What's the handbook? It's the Bible. <laughs> <laughs> do unto others as you would have them do unto you. I do that. We, you don't want me talking about how cute you look sitting on the couch with you and Layla with both your basketball bellies. That's right. You didn't like that, did you? No. Why? It was cute. It was funny. I wasn't being mean. Okay. That's fine. If it makes you feel good. <laughs> so why would you think that <laughs> I would be okay with you talking crap about me? I didn't say you had to be okay with it. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> All right. So let's switch, let's switch gears a little bit. Yeah, let's do something. All right. And we'll, we'll finish up with this. Because what we're about to talk about is something we are developing a course on in the academy. And it's about having crucial conversations. So, you know, those conversations when the stakes are high and the opinions differ, emotions can get heated. And there is a very special skill set that has to be developed in order to have those types of conversations. And I think people often don't realize that communication is a skill that has to be learned and practiced and implemented. It's, it's 
you know, people are like, hey, I can talk, therefore I can communicate, and I don't need anybody to tell me how to communicate because I can do that myself. What I've come to understand through my life and experiences is that communication very much is a skill. You can be very good at it or very bad at it. And oftentimes, when the stakes are high and people don't agree and emotions get involved, a lot of your conversational skills can get thrown out the window. Right, because it's reading the audience also. Yeah. And, and, you know, people, because communication, like 65% of your communication is nonverbal. So I can say all kinds of stuff, but what really is talking even more than what comes out of my mouth is my body language, my facial expressions, all these other things that are going on. So let's talk about that a little bit. Okay. And this won't be an in-depth guide, but some things just to get you to think. So what would you say would be some things to do uh, when you find yourself in a conversation that is becoming, again, we'll call it a crucial conversation, meaning those things. Stakes are high, your opinions differ, and emotions are running high as well, getting heated. Okay. I do want to say that that how much of communication is nonverbal varies depending on where you get your information. It can be anywhere from 55 to 90%. Just saying. Oh, my gosh. 90%? Yeah. Okay. So go ahead, yeah. David. <laughs> I guess if I'm like making goo-goo eyes at you, that's probably 90%. Oh, Lord. You, you know what I mean, girl. Okay. So <laughs> things are tense. Would and, and one of those be halt? That, that's a good one to, to bring up. Yep. So when she says halt, she means that's an acronym, H-A-L-T. So if you're hungry, if you're angry, if you're lonely or if you're tired, those are not times to have high-stakes communications. Then I should never have a high-stake communication because <laughs> I am always one of these. <laughs> yeah. Somebody threw another one in there. Obviously, with a lot of these things, if you start looking them up, you'll find all these other versions of it. So some people throw in another acronym for those things. But basically, it's like you want to you want to be in a state of mind where especially when you're not hungry or tired, you think of those things. Cause I mean, we even have commercials about being hangry, right? Mm-hmm. When you're hungry, you're not in a state of mind to have those types of conversations. When you're tired, I mean, I'm, I'm definitely bad at this one. Like when I get tired, that is not the time to have a high stakes conversation with me. Cause I get grumpy quick. Well, not only that, but you can tell a difference when we record podcasts or intros and outros to podcasts, in the morning versus in the evening because I'm completely different in the evening. I'm tired. Yeah. So, and that's, when you think about it, when's likely the time that you're going to try to sit down with your significant other and have a conversation? In the evening. Right. It's almost always going to be after a hard day's work. Supper time. Or or thereafter. It's Mm -hmm. like, it's 10 o'clock at night. Everybody's put to bed finally. It's been a stressful day, stressful at work, stressful at home. And it's like, hey, let's have this conversation that's going to be very difficult to have. Right. It's like, oh, geez, man. So we set ourselves up often to have problems in communication because of when we decide to have the conversation. 
Okay. So, so things to consider. First of all, you should be able to notice when a conversation is turning that way. Yes, when Again, you feel the little man inside of you going, I'm mad. <laughs> so remember those three things. The stakes are high in the conversation. So, you know, you're talking about something that you have different opinions and it's getting emotional. Mm-hmm. You can certainly see those three areas. It's pretty easy. When you notice yourself getting into that, you know, you can either shut down or it can go the other way where you just have like some kind of adrenaline fuel debate where you're screaming. Basically, you're kicking into fight or flight. Right. When right. the proper thing to do is to table the conversation till later. Correct? hmm Yeah. Say, yeah. David, I'm getting really upset. I feel like what I'm going to say is not going to be beneficial to this conversation. Let's take a 10-minute break, or let's take a 30-minute break, or let's both think about what we've discussed and come back to this tomorrow. But the important Mm -hmm. thing is it's not swept up under the rug. It is you do come back to it. Yeah. So it's important to understand that that's the time when you need to really pull out your skill set. And and don't become offensive and don't become enraged. Don't pull out the bad behaviors bag and start dumping stuff all over the place. You know, be conscious of what's going on. And like Lori says, time to call a timeout and, you know, re-engage. And, and what you could say is, for example, hey, can we take a 10-minute break? I need a little personal time. And can we agree to return? when we both use our best skills or can we agree to turn in 10 minutes and, and have this conversation? Right. Don't say you are pissing me off. And if we don't stop talking right now, I'm going to punch you in the face. Don't Mm -hmm. say that. Yeah. (laughs) I think one thing that I've noticed and you and I noticed this early on, and I remember bringing it up a long time ago, which was you were constantly training people on how to interact with you Mm -hmm. and never is there more of a time when this matters as to when there are heated conversations. You'll often hear somebody say, I can't have a conversation about my, about X with my significant other. About my kids. Right. Yeah. And the reason they say that is because there has been a time when an incident happened which then trained that person to say, well, I won't do that again. In fact, I heard somebody the other day on a, one of our coaching calls where they said, I'm not making that mistake again. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, didn't take but one time for you to be trained that that's not a conversation to engage in. Now, the problem is that is a conversation they should be able to engage in, but they're, they haven't learned the skills yet to be able to do that without emotions running high. Right. And don't read into what we're not saying. We're not saying if you told your spouse that you cheated on them and they got mad to continue (laughs) cheating on them and not tell them about it because they took it poorly. That's not what we're saying. That is definitely not what we're saying. Um, So some things to look at. Obviously, you want to make sure that you realize when things are getting heated, take a break, uh, ask for a time to come back 
to that. Again, when you're not hungry, angry, lonely, tired, those types of things. And it is, it is absolutely okay to plan for a conversation. In fact, I prefer it because I don't feel like I'm ambushed, which I believe is why some people get angry with the conversation because it's like everything was going good and you wanted to have this conversation. Mm-hmm. You get ambushed with it. Whereas if you were to say, for example, uh, David, tomorrow at, when you get home at, let's say, 530, I would like to take about 30 minutes and let us have a conversation about X, Y, Z. That gives me time to prepare for the conversation. I understand what the topic is going to be. And it's also important, whether you do it then or whether you do it at the beginning of the conversation before it starts, is to understand what is the goal of the conversation. If you keep the goal in mind, it's a lot easier to know what you're not wanting. Like, I don't want to fight. In fact, I think I made a comment to you yesterday about something that oh yeah, I don't even remember what it was about, but I said, what I want to happen is this, but what I am not willing to do is fight about it. Right. Because I want you to understand the goal is this, to solve this problem or discuss this. As a team. And, and, and come to a conclusion, whatever that conclusion is. I just want to discuss it and come to a conclusion. It's not worth fighting over. Right. I don't want to fight over it because we fight over it then the goal doesn't get accomplished, which is coming to a conclusion and having an agreement on something. An agreement may mean that I don't get what I thought I wanted. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes when you and I are having conversations, it's usually because there's a disconnect somewhere. Either we don't see something eye to eye or I'm asking your opinion. Like I don't have necessarily a, a stance on this I just want to know what your opinion is so I can make a, a determination about what to do next or right. something I'm going to do or might do will affect you. And therefore I want to have a conversation with you about it. Right. To find out, is it it's still a good idea to do? Is it going to affect you in a way that I'm not aware of all those kind of things? Mm-hmm. So I have those conversations. So understand what your goal is, state what your goals are, And then from that point, it's really also important to not make assumptions. Which is hard to do. It's very hard to do. And it's important to be a good listener, which we do talk about all this stuff in the Nacho Kids Academy in depth. Right. And most people have heard of active listening and most people have probably heard of, you know, restate what you heard to the person, things like that. Those are all great tools to use as well. Make sure that active listening to me means don't think about what your response is going to be. Be fully in the moment of listening. And that's hard to do, folks. It it's hard ex- to do because hard to do. David could say something and I think, well, I need to bring up such and such. And you're trying to remember what you need to bring up so you don't forget it. So you're not really listening. Mm-hmm. Part, there's two two parts of that problem. One is... People dread silence. If you and I are having a discussion, if I'm actively listening and not preparing my response, then when you're done talking, there's probably going to be some silence there because I am now processing what you said and formulating my response. So let the silence do its work. Yes. Secondly, I think that 
when people are having those types of conversations, oftentimes people want to discuss more than one thing. And that becomes an issue because if, if we sit down and we're like, okay, let's, let's discuss this thing and what we're going to do about it. Next thing you know, there's five other things that got put on the table. And now you're not even addressing the thing that you started with. And, and that's a hard thing to do, but you have to say, we're taking these one at a time. You know, it's funny. You think you talk about ticketing systems earlier. One of the things that we do is that when some, when a client has a problem, each problem gets a separate ticket because we can't try to solve everything at one time. And so we split them up that way. When we're done with one, we can move to the next one. Right. And Good point. That's, the, that's the same thing you should do in a conversation. So like I understand, I understand that if that's a problem we need to discuss, let's make a note. We can come back to it later. That's not what we're here to solve right now. Right. Right now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I like to use the term solve. Like, I don't like to say that's not what we're talking about right now. That's not what we're discussing right now. Because it, it to me, those, it sounds kind of brash when you say that. Mm-hmm. I like to say and repeat, that's not the problem we're trying to solve. Because then it, it reminds me and the person I'm talking to, even if it's not you, Lori, it reminds both of us what we're here to do. Right. Well, and you can even just say that is important, but right now let's work on solving this problem. Yes. Perfect. Yes. But it does reiterate what you're there to do. You're there to solve a problem rather than you're not there just to discuss it. You're there to, to solve it. One of the tenets that we use in business is called IDS, which is Identify, Discuss, Solve. The three steps of problem solving. You identify the problem, discuss the problem, solve the problem. Do the same, you do the same thing in a relationship. Yep, you do. All right. So those are the tips I'm going to throw out. And like I said, we're going to have a, a more in-depth, bigger course on this inside the academy that we're working on, on developing these tools of communications and effective communication. Or as I like to say sometimes, tactical communication. Because I swear, it feels like you need to put a tactical vest on and... <laughs> <laughs> and you're going into a war zone sometimes, but there's definitely a unique skill set that can be and should be developed in relationships so that you can have conversations. And I'm telling you, the depth of your relationship improves drastically when you can feel safe having conversations that are not comfortable to have. I 100% agree. All right. That's me. That's David. And don't forget, check out our blogs on nachokids.com and check out the Nacho Kids Academy where there are video courses, the Nacho Kids Bootcamp, the Change Your Stinking Thinking Challenge, two Q&A coaching calls a month, and lots more. If you need help and are tired of being miserable in your blend, join the Nacho Kids Academy today. Yep. And folks, don't forget, we don't sell ad space here. So the only ask we have of you is that you go leave us a review. So if you'll just do that, we appreciate it. That's right. All right. So for Lori and myself, remember, life is good. When you nacho. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Nacho Kids podcast. Find us online at nachokids.com. Until next time, remember, life is good when you nacho.